Why do some guys have to act like punks? Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. You can watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. We appreciate their support here. Episode 21 of Soccer Weekly. I am your host, Dave Denholm. Why do some great players have to be punks? It's so much easier if they're just cool guys, right? If they just go along, make their millions, be good professionals, and go play the game the way we know they they know how. And yet, so often these guys can't do it well. Case in point, DDA Drogba, you know him. One of the greatest strikers in the world throughout his career. Now, he's 38 years old, and he plays for the Montreal Impact in MLS. And here's why I want to talk about it. DDA pulled a really boneheaded, young kid type of move, not for a seasoned veteran. Montreal was in a massive game against Toronto over the weekend in MLS, right? DDA Drogba, their manager, a good manager, Biello manager, uh, a good, a good, solid manager for Montreal. They've had a good year. They're going to the playoffs. He decides to not put DDA Drogba in the starting eleven. He's going to bring him in off the bench, right? And Drogba has done that a few times this season, so it's not completely out of the realm. Now Drogba is certainly a fine player. I mean, one of the most talented strikers ever in world football. He decides he doesn't want to come off the bench for that game. So he tells the team, no, I'm not playing. Now, at first, the team hid behind that he had a bad back, and eventually they told the truth, that Drogba did not want to be in the 18 because he wasn't starting. What kind of garbage is that? This guy makes millions in Major League Soccer when some guys have to take jobs at Starbucks to make ends meet, some of the lower-level players, right? This guy's making millions off this league, and he tells his team he doesn't want to come up the bench to help them spoiled rotten now the ownership group everybody's come out since and said hey we're all good on this yeah well you know how i would resolve this if i was the owner of the montreal impact hey dda pack your bags and get out go away you're never playing for me again how's that you don't want to come off the bench in a big game well then okay You're not playing for me. Look, his contract's up in December anyway. Goodbye. Could he help the team? Yeah. Absolutely. But if he's got the attitude like that, I don't want him around. Montreal went on to battle with Toronto in a 2-2 draw. Bye-bye, DDA. Never plays for me again with that kind of attitude. I don't care if this guy is good enough to sell tickets. He's he's your main dr- no. He's done. You got to take a stand if you're Montreal. They're saying all the right things, how they resolved it, and he's ready to do what he has to do to help the team. He's never getting back on the pitch. I don't care if we end up losing in the playoffs because of it. If I'm the Montreal Impact, I don't. You have to take a stand against this garbage. Utterly unacceptable, utterly unprofessional. I won't forget it. it. It ruins his reputation with me. This guy was a fabulous player. That can't be changed. But you pull that kind of garbage, and we've seen it in sports before. and other. It, this goes beyond MLS or any other, it, it, even soccer. This is a sports issue with a spoiled, rotten punk. You can't have that. It is a big week coming up in MLS. we got to talk about it. We don't talk a lot about on-field stuff all the time. This is a show about soccer as a whole and issues that strike me that are bigger than even just the game. DDA Drogba, for instance. 
the Abby Wambach stuff from uh, last week's episode, episode 20. If you haven't heard that, you better go listen to the podcast. I went off on a, a media member based on his reaction to the Abby, Abby Wambach stuff. And if you don't know that, go listen to the podcast. But this show is deeper. But on decision day for MLS, we got to talk about it. It is the final week of the regular season. Sunday, all 20 teams play at the same time. Now, MLS was hoping that, you know, there'll be some races down to the wire for uh, this and that. Well, guess what? They got their wish. In a league where 12 teams out of 20 make the playoffs, there's still a lot to shoot for. Now, most of the playoff spots are pretty much set, whether it's, you know, the actual, like, the records that these teams have or the tiebreakers don't look like they're going to come into too much of an effect, right? I'll, I'll, I'll lay out the scenarios for you. My LA Galaxy is in, and ironically, my LA Galaxy are the only team that is not jockeying for any kind of position. They're already in the playoffs, one of the three teams in the West that have clinched a spot. But the Galaxy are going to be third in the West no matter what. It's the only team in the playoff race, whether they're guaranteed a spot or are still battling, that w- nothing matters on Sunday for the Galaxy. Now, there are some teams who have been eliminated, in essence, nothing matters. But, you know, even the Galaxy, they're playing teams that it still matters to. Galaxy's taken on FC Dallas. FC Dallas has a shot at the supporter shield. Right now, they lead the, the race. So the Galaxy still have a lot to play for in the sense they could spoil FC Dallas's charge towards the supporter shield. Colorado Rapids just two points behind. But the Galaxy spot is for certain, third in the West, which means we have to play that first round against the sixth seed. Right now, it's Sporting Kansas City. They have a slim one-goal difference against Portland, who's on the outside looking at the defending champs. So there's everything to play for there between those teams. Sporting KC takes on San Jose, who's already been eliminated, and the Portland Timbers on, uh, will be taking on Vancouver, who've been eliminated as well on Sunday. But those games still are huge for those teams. Now, Seattle could actually fall out of the playoffs. They're only on 45 points. Real Salt Lake could fall out of the playoffs at 46 points. It's amazing what is going on at the bottom of the Western Conference. Oh, by the way, Seattle plays RSL. So if anybody wins that game, look out. That is a massive game. In the East, hey, still very open the air. Now, Red Bulls cannot win the supporter shield, but they are on top of the East. Looks like it's a done deal with the goal difference of plus 13 over NYCFC. So that's pretty much done. NYCFC and Toronto, just a point difference for that second spot, which avoids the first round of the playoffs. Remember the one and two seeds. Toronto FC looks good. They at least have the third seed, could still get the second seed. If TFC can pull out a, a victory and maybe NYCFC obviously stumbles, they take on Columbus. Toronto will uh, be in action against Chicago. So both teams, eminently winnable games against teams at the bottom of the East. In the uh, battle for the playoffs, Philadelphia Union has a 12-goal goal difference against New England. They're pretty much in. They could still find some positioning over Montreal. D.C. could stumble a little bit. They're in fourth right now. They can keep that spot with a victory, of course. And uh, But if they stumble... Certainly a Montreal could overtake them. Yeah, good job, by the way, DDA Drogba there, huh? Costing Montreal potentially a couple of points, maybe that fourth spot. Nice work. Ah, just terrible. Unbelievable. So, but I, what I love about MLS playoffs, right? Now, you can argue about 12 teams getting in, and it's, a, it's an American thing, the playoffs, which are great, by the way. The playoffs in MLS are awesome. Just like the playoffs in hockey and the playoffs in every Playoffs are great. Come on. Who are we kidding? They're fantastic. So don't give me any of that. But here's my point. 
what I love about Major League Soccer playoffs is on the second leg, you know, the, you know, the two leg ties like they do in the Champions League when it's knockout stage. This is knockout stuff. When you have a second leg, the away team goal diff rules do not count in extra time. Now, let me explain that. In a two-leg tie in soccer, if you're not familiar, away goals count more. In other words, if the Galaxy are to play someone, let's say they're playing FC Dallas in a two-leg tie. The first game is at L.A. because we're the, we're the worst seed, and it's a 1-1 game. Then you go to Dallas, and the Galaxy draw 2-2 in Dallas. Well, the Galaxy would advance because they scored more goals away from home. Now, if everything is knotted up after those 180 minutes, then you go to extra time. Now, in the world football, extra time, the away goals still count more, even in that extra 30-minute period, which is absurd and so wrong. But MLS gets it right. The extra time away goal rule is gone. So you have to outscore your opponent in extra time, meaning if you both get a goal, the away team just doesn't go through. Automatically, you go to penalties. Love it. It is so fair. It's fantastic. So MLS heating up with Decision Day. My LA Galaxy is rock solid in that third spot. We'll talk more about the playoffs in future shows as we get ready for those as they start rolling out almost immediately after the uh, regular season. I think they actually start uh, Wednesday, a week from, uh, like I think it's the 20-whatever, 25th or something like that. I'll have to take a look at that, but 26th maybe. They get going very quick. Yeah, I think it's the 26th actually, a Wednesday, so... Playoffs will, will heat up immediately for uh, Major League Soccer. Looking forward to that. UEFA Champions League match day three took place on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. The Tuesday games, yeah, no, you know, no major surprises. Real Madrid rolled over Legia Warsaw, no surprise there. Juventus got a nice win on the road at Lyon. Lyon cannot find the back of the net. They've been shut out in four of their last five games. They're a good team, but they just can't seem to get going up front. Alexander Lacazette, of course, missed a lot of time due to injury. He's just now coming back. It was only, I think, his second game back from injury. He's not really getting going yet. Might be, might have been his third game back. Porto got a nice win on the road at Bruges. Leicester City, the Champions League team, gets another victory. They have nine points. They're on full points in, in their Champions League start. And yet uh, they may have they have less points in the Premiership so far. They've got nine in the Champions League from three games. CSKA and Monaco drew Leverkusen and Tottenham a nil-nil. Dinamo Zagreb another loss. Sevilla gets a win on the road. And Dortmund a nice win on the road against Sporting, even though they fell behind in that game. So Sp- Dortmund, you know, just Christian Pulisic, the American wonder, played the uh, whole uh, 90 there. Great game for Dortmund. They are rolling. We'll talk about the Wednesday games in the second half of this edition of Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm. Once again, you can always follow the show. We talk throughout the week on Twitter. We'll have more of that coming up at Talk Soccer. You can follow me and uh, that. Also talking about maybe one of the worst things FIFA could do in the history of bad decisions for FIFA. All that and more. Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA. Soccer Weekly, episode 21, second half on ESPN LA. 710 brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings Beer Sports. Watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. We thank them for their great support of the show. Now, look, you know that FIFA gets bashed an awful lot, right? And rightfully so. They've deserved it over the years. They are making some decisions for the potential, uh, potentially for the future that I just cannot stand. And I'm worried about them. If you know Grant Wall and his work for Sports Illustrated, he also does some stuff for Fox Soccer and is a colleague. Grant uh, talked a little bit about this uh, FIFA and the expanded World Cup fields that are coming in the future. And basically, Grant's saying this is done. It's going to happen. FIFA president Gianni Infantino, the new president, says there's a general positive feeling about this for 2026. They're not going to do it in 18 or 22. 
But here's my point. Now, the, the thoughts are that there could be a couple of different types of expansion. And we've seen expansion in the, in the World Cup before. Okay, I get that. There's a possibility of going to 40 teams or even 48 teams. Now, here's where it gets uh, dicey. Is Let's talk this through. 40 teams, eight groups of five teams each, right? That equals the four. Now, that means you're playing you know, more games, which means more money. They're happy with that. That's exactly why FIFA's doing this. Let's not make any bones about that. But it does bring in some questions in terms of this is their plan, you know, the five teams. Now guys, teams are not playing, you know, one team's not going to be playing that final day. You know how FIFA always does that with the groups where they play at the same time so there's no collusion potentially. You'll have a team already done. You could have also a lot of games that don't really mean much. By the time you get there with only two teams advancing out of each group of five, you might see a lot of games that are really dead in the first round. You don't see often, you don't see those often, but you might see more of those. I get all that. Then there's a, the possibility of a 48-team expanded World Cup field, and this is where I think FIFA goes way wrong. Are you ready for this? Their proposal would be something like 32 teams play knockout games. And then they join 16 seeded teams in the group stage. Oh, my. This might be one of the worst ideas I've ever heard in my life in any sport. Let me break it down for you. So, in other words, 32 teams play one games, one-offs. The winner moves on into the knockouts, or the I'm sorry, into the group stage with the 16 seeded teams. A, who decides who the seeded teams are? Well, the FIFA rankings, of course. Gee, that's not a problem. Boy, that's not a possibility for some collusion or some bribery or any other chicanery no not at all i'm fully confident that fifa will pick the exact right 16 teams yeah right so there's that problem and then you're going to tell me 32 teams battled their butt off to qualify for a world cup in 2026 and beyond if they go this route and they get one game potentially now you could say well if you don't win it tough well you battled for four years to qualify in essence, essentially two years, but a long time playing many games over many months and years to get one game in the World Cup? That is ridiculous. Utterly and completely ridiculous. Now, if you say, well, they could do a two-leg tie with those teams, that's a lot of games. A lot more games. Now, you could argue, okay, so what? Teams don't already want to release their players now because of too many games, right? Who is seeded? Again, that's the questionable. It's so rife for corruption, this whole th- this 48-team possibility with, with the teams in the knockout state. Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Don't you dare, FIFA. I have the solution, of course, because I think through these teams, these things, and I'm smart, and I'm always right. Well, I'm not always right, but I'm always right. If you disagree, you can hit me up at TalkSoccer on Twitter, by the way. Follow me there. Here's my expansion solution for the World Cup. If you're going to expand, which, according to Grant Wall and others, it's going to happen. Okay, I get that. Here's my proposal. Make it 40 teams, but I don't go with the proposal that they're outlining for 40 teams, right? Make it 40 teams. Have 24 teams that are seated. Again, don't love the seated idea. But once you get down to the 25th team, you don't have that much of an argument that you're like, oh, we deserve it. We're so good. Make 24 seeded teams and then have 16 teams play those knockout games as two-leg ties. You have to go to the two-leg tie. It's only fair. It's not great. It's a lot of games. But at least you don't have 32 teams out of 48 getting only essentially one game. 
That's ridiculous. So that's my expanded proposal for the World Cup. Now, I would rather keep it at 32. It's such a lovely round number, isn't it? I mean, just eight teams or eight groups, four teams, boom, top two in each, go. Knockout stage. I mean, it's just easy. It makes sense. Now, Infantino, the FIFA president, is talking about how the world's getting better at football. There's more team. That's not what it has to do with. Stop it. You could change qualifying and make those make that different for each, you know, qualification group to make stuff more interesting. Don't give me this. Oh, the world's getting better. We need more teams. And yeah, it's all about money. That's it. Let's just stop it right there because that's what it's about. That's absolutely all it is about. And don't tell me it's anything other than that. That's exactly what it's. Infantino talks about, you know, 40 or 48 teams. It's just, it doesn't, don't even, don't even worry yourself with that. This is the solution if you're going to expand. I want them to stay at 32. Give me your thoughts on the the, uh, possibility of the World Cup expanding. We'll talk about that for weeks now and probably months. And you you can feel free, hit me up at Talk Soccer. I uh, asked uh, earlier on Wednesday, I asked for people to send in some questions on Twitter. Got a few responses that I want to share, a couple, uh, a couple of that I don't. But I got a few that I want to share, just as a part of a segment of the show here. Adam tweeted in, and I asked, what I asked was, give me a question you want to answer. That's it. Something in, related to the world of football, right? Adam tweeted in, What's the next thing for, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, like the, the casual fan to keep an eye out for in the world of soccer? Like, what's the next big thing? That is a great question, Adam. The next big thing for the casual sports fan who kind of likes soccer, keeps one eye on it, is certainly World Cup qualifying for CONCACAF, right? The United States versus Mexico starts it off on November 11th in Columbus. Big game. And what I try to tell people like you, Adam, who are a, a fan of soccer on, a, on the periphery, I know you're going to be a fan of LAFC and it already burns me up, but that, that's fine. But what I t- try to tell people is, remember, if you don't qualify for the World Cup, there's no World Cup. These games are it. This, these games are huge. Must have. So it starts with World Cup qualifying when you're talking about the World Cup. And, Adam, for an, a casual fan, that begins November 11th for CONCACAF. You better watch. And wouldn't you know the United States taking on Mexico right out of the gate, right out of the jump. It's massive. Utterly huge. Robert tweeted in, and this is a funny one. Who, who We don't have the UCA update, by the way. We don't have the Toluca-Pachuca update for extenuating circumstances. But I wanted to get some Toluca-Pachuca in, at least Toluca. Robert asks, who's Toluca's leading goal scorer going to be by the end of the season, the Apertura? Robert, I'm not bailing out of here because he's leading the way now. I genuinely believe it because I like the question. I'm not trying to be a punk about this. It's Fernando Uribe. He already leads the way with five goals, and Uribe's really coming into his own as a player, 28 years old. I like what he's doing. I genuinely think he thought he was going to have a good apertura, and it's happening, and he's going to lead the way in goals. Now, he's not the Pachuca bazooka like Herving Lozano, <laughs> as lovingly Nicknamed by our great Jeff Biggs, the Toluca Pachuca, or Pachuca to- Bazooka. So I, I mixed that up very good. Yeah, they, uh, just somebody shoot me with that b- bazooka metaphorically. But no, Toluca's leading goal scorer is going to be Fernando Uribe. Good questions there. Want to give you my scouting report on Leicester City playmaker Riyad Mahrez. Young player. A lot of people thought he would leave Leicester City after the season they had last uh, season. Big clubs were rumored to be after this kid. They still are. 
What I like about him, he's just so skilled. He can do it all. And I don't, And the thing that, you know, when you hear that in soccer, like, well, what do you like about him? He's skilled. And you're like, yeah, no kidding, Denholm. No, but what I mean by that, you take it further. His skills make a difference on the pitch. There are guys who mess around, but his skills actually make the difference for he and his teammates. His weakness, he's a tad selfish. Often a good thing, but not always. A little bit of selfishness there at times that are not great for Mares. B-plus player, he could become world-class. 100%. So just keep that in mind. Riyad Mahrez, Leicester City. B-plus player now could take that step up. Hey, it's always fun here on Soccer Weekly. Episode 21, ESPN LA, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings Beer Sports. Watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. But you know, the most fun we have, Mario, it's our favorite time of the show. Stoppage time. That's right. Stoppage time. And our story is really a good one here. Five-year-old Celtic fan in Scotland, Lewis Kays, missed a, a Scottish Premier League match versus Motherwell. He's a diehard Celtic fan, even at five years old. And Lewis called the club on his mom's phone to apologize. He just, on his own volition, his mother walked in and called to apologize. So that really made me think that I've got to follow up with what Lewis has done, the diehard fan that he is. And I'm going to make a phone call now. Like, Lewis doing that was adorable. Hang on, I'm on my cell phone here. You probably won't. Yes, hello, uh, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I do not apologize for never going to your games. Never. Hang up on them. That's it. I'm never apologizing to the Cleveland Browns for how bad they are. Good job, Lewis Kays, five-year-old Celtic fan. Calls up to apologize because he missed a game. That's so adorable. So is the Soccer Weekly. We're always adorable here. I'm Dave Denholm. Thanks to everybody involved, Mario, Adam. Appreciate that here. Soccer Weekly, episode 21, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings Beer Sports. Watch all the games at Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm Dave Denholm. This has been Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA. (laughs) 